We're at the break and thinking back on the first half of the season, trying to figure out, has anything gone right for the Yankees? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and with me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve, what's going on? We're halfway through the All-Star break. That means baseball's like a few seconds away. And uh, I feel like these breaks are always not even early a break. Um, hey, welcome to the show. Of course, we got to talk about that All-Star game last night. Talk about Garrett Cole and everything else that happened. Stacy, the MLB draft is over. The Yankees have made their 20 selections. We're going to break it down, give you some of our thoughts on some of the players selecting some of the trends over the last few years in the Yankees draft. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But, uh, of course, we have reached the ceremonial break and uh, the first half even though this first half has been over but the first half is over um stacy i want to just kind of talk about how we feel about the yankees overall it's been a year it is a different than last year that's for sure it is not 2022 anymore the yankees 49 and 42 in the first half, fourth in the AL East, eight games back of first. In the AL wild card, they bring up the fourth place position, but they're only a game back. So they're right there in the hunt, obviously. Seven games over 500 overall. Stacy, grade letter? Do you have a grade letter for the Yankees' first half of the season? I know that might be a really hard thing to dilute into just one letter. Hmm. C. Or maybe a C minus. C minus. Yeah. I would almost give them a C plus considering <laughs> how much time they haven't had judge. True. That's, and that's obviously been storyline. Number one, maybe yeah. right. The a line here is it's crazy how different they are without him. Mm-hmm. Other normal injuries. Obviously the Yankees have gone through here this season. Judge, obviously Nestor Cortez is out. Um, didn't think he'd be saying these two whether this time of the season, but Jake Bauer, <laughs> And Willie Calhoun are kind of the big players out right now. Obviously, Judge being number one, Nestor being number two. They've dealt with out Rodon pretty much this entire time, same save five innings. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, just what are your thoughts on the injuries? Just like we've obviously been covering them all season, but what are your thoughts on the injury aspect of this team? I'm sick of people saying that Aaron Judge is injury prone because his injury was a freak injury. And he's not. And he's, and not, he's not injury, injury prone. I mean, because someone was complaining about that on Twitter. And he, this person even brought up last season. And I thought last season when he hit 62 home runs, what are you talking about? He had like 154 games or something, yes, right? Right. And I, I just was like, uh, is this an And was it one of those days he sat was the day after he hit it? Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> understand he's not injury prone yeah i see that too i see that on twitter i see that some in our comments i see that on yankees reddit aaron judge is just not injury prone he's just not no he's not and it's just it's ridiculous that people think that this was such a fluke injury i mean he was playing all out trying to get the ball he did make the catch it was just a fluky thing with i mean he broke the door he made it go the opposite way (laughs) i mean he's really lucky he didn't hurt himself even more serious in that play but that's the thing that annoys me the most about the Aaron judge thing. Um, and it's just been such a big loss for the team. Yeah. 
I mean, it's affected them in so many ways. Like even having him in the dugout isn't helping them. Like you would think just having him around and having his presence around would help. And that's not even helping some of these guys. Yeah. I mean, this Nestor thing has been, I mean, you maybe you couldn't expect 2022 Nestor to return in that type of fashion, but I wouldn't have pegged this as, well, he's going to have issues recovering start to start. Yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. Cause a lot that's of, not so big too. Bizarre, yeah, it, it has been because even when he was in there, I was going to say it's not like he was pitching the way that we again, I don't think I expected 2022 numbers, no. but not that hard of a regress. Right. There was a big regression there. That was the big problem with him. And just all the other uncertainties. Severino, um, even Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman, you know, the fact that the rotation three fifths of it was out Montas lost for however long he's lost. You know, when spring training started, they had a whole other team pictured to be here right now. And, you know, even Bader being out for the couple times that he was out affected the team a lot. And, you know, when he's here with the team, he's great. But when he's not, you know, the team suffers also without him because you have to play guys that aren't used to playing center field like IKF. Poor IKF's been playing every single position in the field. And it's just the way this roster is built with all these injuries. It's impossible to fill some of these spots with capable guys they're just putting guys out there now yeah capable major league guys i think is an important distinction yeah uh and obviously the yankees just have had guys who are not living up to what is expected of them you think about dj LeMahieu's struggles he's been so late on the ball this season he's been so and look he's always been like a, another way type of approach but I think the injuries and the age are starting to catch up to him. And it's clear that he's late on the ball. And and also to the credit, I mean, a lot has been talked about this season in Major League Baseball uh, from a lot of hitters. Just how hard hitting is now. Like, yeah. it, it, it just is harder to hit. Yeah. Guys are throwing harder and harder and the mound hasn't been moved. Yeah. So it's, look, I'm not trying to make excuses, but there are factors at play. Look, DJ's not playing the way he should be playing or expected to be playing, um, but there are other factors. Obviously, Giancarlo Stanton has not been what the Yankees have wanted him to be, especially with the lower body injuries he's always sustained. Uh, Luis Severino has been bizarre, bizarre, especially recently, and I really hope he figures things out. Uh, Trevino behind the plate has not been what he was in 2022. Rizzo started out hot. He hasn't been himself ever since he ran into Tatis at first. And Oswaldo Cabrera has just been looked really lost at the plate. Yeah. Um, you know, we did a whole, a whole breakdown on Oswaldo uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, just it's too, I'm not gonna say it's too many injuries. Obviously, they've had plenty of injuries, they've had their fair share right now. I mean, you're without judge. That's obviously massive i'm not even going to try and touch that but everything else like pretty much the team is here right nestor's hurt yeah but like you're not you weren't entering the season thinking about jake bowers or willie calhoun true but you were thinking about carlos rodone you were hoping that yes. frankie montas would be maybe the fifth starter and he'd recover from his shoulder thing which he didn't so i really feel like that set off a weird chain of events that made this first half sure. just Mm, just bad and the dj thing i feel like his age really caught up to him and yes there are factors because i mean it feels like every guy comes up now and they're throwing 98 
and these guys seem to be getting bigger. Like you're seeing all these guys who are being drafted and stuff. And it's like, where are these guys coming from? And why aren't they playing basketball? Like when we were doing our minor league previews and there were two guys on, I want to say, was it Hudson Valley who were six, nine in the bullpen? And it's like, what? Six, nine. And as you said, you know, nothing's changed with the mound, but you have all these giant guys who are throwing 98 to hundred with regularity. This isn't them dialing it up and averaging 95. This is the the go-to. This is what's Living. happening now. And this yeah. is what these guys have to deal with. And all these older guys, it's like, how do I catch up to this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I think the I think the mountain's gonna move soon. Not not soon, soon, but I think within the next 10 years, that mountain's gonna move. Just throwing that out there. It's been moved before, by the right. way, a couple yeah. of times throughout Major League Baseball's history. Yeah. Just the wild things too that have happened this season, Stacey. Obviously, the judge injury, uh, the Jimmy Cordero suspension. Uh, Dylan Lawson just got fired. Sean Casey just got hired. Herman threw a perfect game out of nowhere in Oakland, and just it's been a freak season, yeah, uh, to to say the least. So I wanted to ask you, Stace, do you have hope for this team in the second half? Because they are seven games over five after all of this. And it's all said and done. People can complain and people will complain. But the fact of the matter is the Yankees are in the hunt still. Yeah, it's just with this division, because every team in the AL East is at least five games above 500, even Boston, who's in last place. It's unbelievable how good this division is. And I think we said it before the season started that the Yankees needed to be really good in order to be at the top of the division. And we've seen that so far. And considering everything that's happened with them, the fact that they are only one game out of a wild card, they are seven games above 500, is a freaking miracle. And if people can come back and be healthy. If Rodon can be 80% of what he was last year when he comes back from this injury, you know, he had the five and one third innings and he looked fine. And if he can continue to be like that and some guys just get it going just a little bit, I don't need 2019 DJ, but I need him to need him to hit every once in a while when guys are on base, that would be great. And if that could happen, I mean, they could sneak in there in a wild card spot. I I don't, you know, I keep saying this, the division is totally out, but wild card, sure. But this team is not built for getting far into the playoffs. Just be prepared for that. They'll make the playoffs and do their normal thing. And then they'll get knocked out at whatever point. And you'll have Hal and Cashman be like, well, playoffs are a (laughs) crapshoot. Let us know your thoughts down below. Of course, I know you guys have a bunch of them. What would you give the letter grade for the first half of the season, considering everything? I know it's hard, again, to dwindle it down to just a letter, but, man, uh, considering everything, they're seven over five, man. They're seven over five. It could be Uh, worse. It it could could be be a lot worse. They could be the Mets. They could be the Cardinals. They could. I mean, the the Padres, all those other teams that spent a lot of money and (laughs) – Uh, let us know, of course, while you're down there, you can drop questions for Fan Mail Friday. That's coming up in a couple of days. You just reply to that pinned comment here on the YouTube side. And, of course, you can join our subtext. If you want to skip the line and get a bunch of other perks like in-game updates and roster moves, explanations, one-on-one text messages with Stacey and myself, all that's in the episode description. When we come back, a promised look at the 2023 class for the New York Yankees draft. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is the best place to buy your next pair of shorts for the summer. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. 
they sent us hosts a couple of them, uh, a couple of pairs, and they're just like part of my wardrobe now. I honestly wear bird dogs on a regular basis, and I honestly very much love them. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. And I think that's the best part is because sometimes, man, you just want to throw something on and go to the grocery store real quick. And other times you're like, you know what? I'm going to throw some a nice fit on while I go to the beach or go to the pool or something. Uh, and that's what's great about bird dogs. They're super comfortable, versatile, and they're cheaper than other big brand big brands like lululemon honestly i have some lulu stuff and bird dogs right there with it and it's way cheaper and of course locked on yankees listeners have the opportunity to get some free stuff when you place an order at birddogs.com you go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and enter the promo code locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb promo code locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey to the everydayers out there. Coming up on Friday, you guys already know it's Fan Mail Friday. You can drop your questions into that pinned comment down below. Of course, also on Friday, game one of the second half, the Yankees in Colorado. We'll see if they can open up on a high note. Uh, we'll talk about that on Friday's show as well. You can catch the season. You can catch that game. You can catch every Yankees moment. Listen to it live on Sirius XM. Stacy wanted to talk about the 2023 MLB draft. It is over. The Yankees making, of course, 20 selections this year. And they were a little backloaded this season because of the Rodon signing. They had to forfeit some earlier round draft picks. Uh, if you're on the YouTube sign, you're seeing uh, a list of all the draft picks now. And I uh, just kind of wanted to break down what we saw. Of course, we talked about George Lombard Jr., who was the first rounder, 26th overall on day one uh, out of Gulliver Prep High School. Uh, listed as a shortstop, might become an outfielder or a third baseman at some point. Big kid, not a massive arm, um, but a big kid with a power bat. And that's kind of where I wanted to start, Stacy. Not, of course, just with George Lombard, but the Yankees over the last few years, and we've seen it with their philosophy in acquiring major league talent, minor league talent and of course their draft picks they're going after big bats that is a organizational philosophy is to play big look at Aaron Judge uh so that that continued here throughout this draft uh George Lombard Jr the first of it there was a couple other guys I wanted to talk about here today obviously I'm not going to go through all 20 picks um you can find that on like pinstripe prospects they do incredible work by the way um and uh, have been on the show before as well um but just some stats through it stacy the yankees made one catcher selection three infielders three outfielders right-handed heavy eight right-handed pitchers two lefties and one two-way player uh, i'm going to talk about him in a second the yankees also went very college heavy very college heavy uh, pardon me, I said 20 picks. They made 18 picks, 20 rounds. Uh, in their 18 picks, 14 of them were uh, either JUCO, fourth-year juniors, or fourth-year seniors. Uh, last year, I mentioned a lot of uh, pitching drafts, like 10 of them, so half of the draft, the Yankees selected pitchers. Um, and last year was 15. Uh, the year before that, in 2021, was 13 of their 20 picks. So they've been pitching heavy which kind of is showing we've talked about uh, some of the incredible starters the Yankees have in the system right now. Um, the ones that they had to give up last year. So they've been very pitching focused as far as that, but when they go after bats, they go after big dudes. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of guys, as I mentioned, um, let's talk about that two-way player. So Josh Tideman, uh, a high school kid 
from Hamilton High School in Arizona. He was the 13th uh, round pick, 402nd overall. Uh, he is a right-hander and a third baseman, also committed to TCU, which, of course, is a great program, a massive baseball program. So when you look at a high school draft pick in the 13th round, it becomes a question of signability. Hmm. And I think this is one of the more interesting cases for the Yankees when we talk about a spot signability, especially because of that TCU commit, one. But two, the two-way player aspect of it are the Yankees interested in continuing that because by all accounts he hits pretty well and he's got a pretty decent fastball already you know out of high school so you're going well can the Yankees go we're gonna let you do that and that's not something the Yankees have dove too far into they dabbled in it last season with Ronald Guzman at the triple a level. He pitched at the end of the season in quite literally the very last game of the season uh, is obviously a first baseman. He's now in the giants organization. Last I checked. Um, and I believe the giants were allowing him to continue to do the two way stuff. So I don't know if the Yankees as an organization are willing to do that. Obviously they were, uh, they were willing to draft this kid. Um, but what is TCU going to allow him to do that? Which, would obviously seem more likely than, you know, you see some two-way players in college, uh, but would the Yankees be able to sweeten the pot, A, in that regard, and B, are they going to be able to give him enough money? Uh, are they being willing to give him enough money? So that's kind of the, one of the weirder ones. Uh, I'm curious to see what the Yankees end up doing. I also wanted to talk about the Yankees' third selection in the fourth round, 129th overall, Rock Riggio uh, out of Oklahoma State. O uh, Oklahoma State, obviously, great baseball program. Um but Rock Riggio, I've actually seen in person uh, on a couple of occasions uh, here in Southern California. Went to Thousand Oaks High School, played with Max Muncy. No, not that Max Muncy. The other Max Muncy won a 2021 Division II title in high school and also had some pretty big hits uh, in the College World Series, like Super Regionals and stuff like that uh, with Oklahoma State. Rock Riggio uh, was a, a big name around these parts when it came to high school baseball here in Southern California. He was always front and center of that thousand Oaks team uh, alongside Max Muncy uh, who are obviously both have been drafted. Riggio is uh, a smaller guy. He's five foot nine, but he plays with this absolute fire uh, from again, from the very first time I saw him and he's a guy that's screaming and yelling back at the dugout and throwing his helmet and, you know, fired up bat flipping that type. He's like a absolute fire starter. Um, and I think that is a really interesting prospect for the Yankees. Um, they don't have a ton of that, especially at the major league level. Um, it's not a true like organizational philosophy when we talk about organizational philosophies. So I like this pick. I, what I'm saying is I really like this pick, uh, especially to get him in the fourth round, not have to use one of your top two. Obviously, we mentioned that the Yankees had to slide down a little bit because of the Rodon signing. So I do like Rock Riggio a lot. Um, and, and I have liked him for a while now. He's got a great bat. He's got great energy, and, and I really like this kid. Um, and the other one I wanted to talk about, one other one, Stacey, uh, before I kind of round this whole thing up, Kyle Carr. He was the second pick the Yankees had. Third rounder, 97th overall, uh, from also here in California, uh, from Palomar Junior College. It's a left-handed pitcher. We mentioned the Yankees only selected two lefties which is kind of strange considering they need some left-handed pitching in the system. So they only went with two lefties. Um, but Kyle Carr is a guy that's already had Tommy John 
but has come back from Tommy John and is up to 97. So extremely interesting. He was one of the top Juco pitchers. And to see the Yankees pick up a guy like this, a flamethrower, which I'm not going to say they have a ton, ton of, especially at the higher levels. That's just from personal experience. I haven't seen a lot of the lower level guys like Tampa and stuff and some of the Hudson guys. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to me that they, they go with the Juco guy, which obviously you pick whoever's wherever they are, you take them. But um, to see a Juco kid, 97 lefty post Tommy John and post some other surgeries as well is extremely intriguing to me. Um, so I'm keeping my eye on Kyle Carr, see where he ends up. I imagine he goes just a complex league, um, just like a lot of these guys will end up going to and, and, and see what happens to them after the fact. Um, but, you know, we're anticipating seeing guys like this starting to really creep into the conversation come 2026 or so. It takes about three years before you figure out where they land in the organization and what their upside is. Um, the Yankees have a lot of reliever potential. They didn't pick up a ton of bona fide starters, I think, because uh, Kyle Carr uh, projects likely to be a, a, a high, big arm reliever, which is great. Um, you know, maybe a potential closer type guy. Um, but yeah, they didn't go after a ton of bona fide starters because you look with their first, uh, what is that, four, five picks? Um, you know, three of them are infielders and then. One of them, you're already earmarking for the pen. So by the time you get down, you're running out of bona fide starters. Um, so that's the one thing I definitely noticed. And again, they went very college heavy. So, you know, take for that what you will. But that's just kind of the overall thoughts. Uh, again, I thought they would go after a few more left-handers, which they did not. Um, but the bats that they did get appear to be power bats, which is in line with the Yankees philosophy. Um, but let us know how you're feeling about the Yankees draft. If there were some names in here that you're really interested in, of course, I laid out a couple of the ones that stuck out to me and it all boils down to whether they sign or not. So that's going to come up here in the coming weeks, whether these guys actually end up signing, going back to school or uh, in the case of some of the high school kids taking their college commitments. So let us know how you're feeling about that down below here on the YouTube comments. We're going to step aside. When we come back, let's talk about last night's all-star game. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. Back here on Locked On Yankees, our final segment of the day. Hey, don't forget the Yankees still off uh, today, but are back in action tomorrow. You can catch the entire season, including tomorrow's game on Sirius XM. Stacy, All-Star Game, National League comes out on top three to two. Of course, before the All-Star Game, after the Home Run Derby, we made some bold predictions, which we've been doing around here these, these days. Uh, let's take a look at the bold predictions from yesterday. Stacy, do you have any bold predictions for the All-Star Game? 
the National League's going to win for the first time in nine years. Oh, you took mine. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm going to go Shohei. Hmm. He's not going to homer. Okay. But he's going to hit a ball at least 109 miles an hour. Oh, the that's interesting. <laughs> he's going to smoke one. Just okay. absolutely rip one. At least 109. Congratulations. Your first real point. Your first real My first point. real point. I'm so happy. And, and it was funny because at first I was mad that the NL pulled ahead. And then I remembered because I wanted the home run derby. And, uh, sure. and and then I remembered. I was like, oh, wait, that was my bold prediction. I was like, OK. So then I was secretly wishing for the AL to go down one, two, three in the ninth. They didn't, but they still ended up losing. So good yeah. year for Craig Kimbrell. Still Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Still Craig Kimbrell. Um, I, so I wasn't going to give myself any points, but then when I watched back at it, I did technically say Shohei would not Homer. <laughs> so I think I get a half a point. If I've been giving you half points, you I get, can a, get a, point. a, yes, you can get a half okay. point there. Yes. So I currently still lead two and a half to two. <laughs> that is the current running tally of the bull prediction segment. Stacey Garrett Cole, uh, let me let me say this. One, good job of the All-Star game overall. They did a good job. The production was nice. Uh, all of it, you know, it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. I like the little videos they do that are like Seattle specific and like all the like the little barista thing was cute and the fish <laughs> yeah. market stuff was cute. Yeah. Um Garrett Cole kind of showing his personality a little bit. Like he's kind of letting it go. I like it. Yeah, yeah, because everyone I feel like people are mean about Garrett Cole, but he's actually pretty funny. <laughs> He seems so serious all the time. So it's yeah. nice to see him like smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I really think that knowing he was going to start the all-star game kind of made him a lot more <laughs> jovial in a way, True. but I'm glad, you know, uh, geez, Adolis Garcia making that first catch and then a Rosarena that second catch and Cole did the, did he did <laughs> Cole also did that when randy did it so that's really funny and you know i joked on twitter i said cole was probably thinking to himself oh is that what it's like having real outfielders playing in the outfield oh you weren't the only one with that joke (laughs) was everywhere yeah uh what a great start to the all-star game that was an incredible first inning it kind of fizzled i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah because you thought you thought oh okay this is oh this is how this game's gonna go cool and yeah i mean it was kind of um I, I think it's really cool. They put this stat up on Twitter that uh, Yandy Diaz and Elias Diaz, the first time two guys with the same last name hit home runs in the all-star game. Baseball's so dumb. I love it. I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really thought, I thought Julio was going to do something there in the ninth. Uh, I was kind definitely. of, yeah. I you got that some... center cut heater. Like what was like 95, 96. Yeah. I, I was kind yeah. of thinking to he myself, if I don't get the bold prediction right and he walks it off, that would be real. Like that would actually be really cool. And I'd be totally fine with that because that would be a really cool moment for him and for Seattle. Yeah. But that didn't happen. He walked. I mean, that Austin Riley double play. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, okay, bye Josh Hader. I guess we're not talking to you anymore. Like (laughs) he got rid of the the ball so fast that I was just like, (laughs) <laughs> wow and even hater was like hey okay great i'm really right, cool. the field mic off uh, mookie and freddie hilarious love them together they were great i felt bad for native aldi because he was being nice while he was on the mic but you could tell he was kind of like sort of uncomfortable with it but i know they have to agree to be mic'd up so 
They also get paid. I know they yeah. do in season. They get paid from. I'm sure they get it for the All Star Game too. But they get like a good chunk of money to do it, like on ESPN and stuff. Yeah, you knew you knew Cole wasn't gonna have that. Oh no, no. But I again, said- I mean, he he spoke with Rosenthal before the game. That was like interesting, and he. Again, that's like the first time I've seen him like that happy. <laughs> yeah, because you know, other times Cole would be pissed if the ga- if it's taking too long for the game to start. You know, yeah, all this uh, pomp and circumstance and all this nonsense going on, and uh, yeah. yeah, no, he was just excited. And I, you know, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, or maybe I didn't. I was really worried it was going to be a Justin Verlander 2012 performance. I was oh, like, oh yeah. god, he's all excited I mean, about starting. Could have been. <laughs> been. I know <laughs> if those two catches didn't happen. So thank you, Randy Rosarena, and. Uh, Adolis Garcia. Adolis made a couple of catches like that. The sun was really playing like brutally for these guys in the outfield in Seattle of all places. Yeah. There's a reason why you don't play at, you know, five o'clock on a weekday. Um, Anyway, let us, yeah, exactly. (laughs) In Seattle. Uh, Let us know how you're feeling about the all-star game. Did you guys have a good time with it? And uh, were you, were you kind of your heart pounding a little bit there? And Gary gave up that first long ball. It's like, Oh, oh, oh." Uh, He pulled it out. One, two, three frame in the books. Easy. Fly mm-hmm. out to right, fly out to left. Easy. Ground out. Uh, right. Let us know how you're feeling about that. Of course, don't forget, coming up uh, the rest of this week, we have Fan Mail Friday coming up here in a couple of days uh, on Friday. So drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday down below to that pinned comment here on YouTube. And that's just going to do it, do it for us here today. And All-Star break, almost over. Baseball, almost back. Time for the push, Stace. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gatsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.